0: All right, everyone. Sorry about the delay. Welcome in Patriots Beat, uh, another live edition here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick from CLNS, joined, as always, by 98.5 The Sports Huds, Alex Barth. Uh, Alex, the franchise tag deadline has officially concluded, and uh, not to anyone's surprise, but the Patriots didn't tag anyone. Um, I didn't think it was really expected. I don't think many expected the Patriots to uh, make a tag. They have a ton of pending free agents, but uh, didn't seem like any were going to get tagged. Uh, but Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network felt it was uh, – he sort of had to come out and say that John Jones was not going to be tagged. So he reports that. Um, he is likely going to hit the open market. It was reported from Mass Labs Mark Daniels and Karen Garrigan last week as well that uh, the Patriots and Jones are still trying to make something happen towards an extension. Um, so it sounds like there is interest from both sides to bring him back. I'm not sure where and what the money would be, but – his tag number would have been $18.1 million for a season. So that seemed a little steep. Don't think that was going to happen, but uh, it doesn't. So Patriots don't tag Jones.
1: Yeah, both him and Myers. I think if, if there were going to be two candidates this year, those were probably the guys. But I, I think the easiest year in quite a while to project them not using the tag, we thought maybe with JC Jackson last year, it made some sense. Um Obviously, in the in the 2021 offseason, they couldn't have tagged Brady directly, but was there something anyway? Um, yeah, no surprises there. I still think both are candidates to return to the Patriots. Uh, Jones, in particular, his market's tough to project, and Mike Giardi kind of hinted at this this morning or, or this afternoon. I forget. He, at some point today, tweeted that, you know, there is a market, but a lot of teams see Jonathan Jones as a slot corner. He probably views himself as a boundary corner, having played that position last year. There's going to be a gap there financially. All it's going to take is one team to see him as a boundary corner, I think, to sign him. And maybe that will be the Patriots. I don't think it will be, but it could be. Um, So I I think he's probably less likely to return. Myers, it sounds like his market is is going to come down a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I
0: wanted to get to that, too. I was going to say it sounds like...
1: He's probably the more likely of the two right now, but they're both kind of tough markets to project.
0: Yeah, they are, Uh, which is what makes this very interesting. I I know Myers, at first it sounded like uh, when Mike Reese reported it a few weeks ago that he could come in at 15 to 20. Now it sounds like that market's going down towards the anywhere from 10 to 15 maybe. So I don't know if the Patriots are still going to try and lowball, not lowball, it's a negative connotation, but trying you know fit him into where they think he is and not where he's going to actually fall on the market. So uh, we will see what happens there. But just as, going back to Jones for a second, I, I know you mentioned that teams uh, playing him, uh, paying him or playing him as a slot corner would obviously be command less money than the boundary. Um, the Patriots have a boundary corner need. So if they were to make this extension happen with John Jones, do you think it's for the boundary? Would they go with him at the boundary? Because then you have Marcus Jones on the inside, uh, you may not draft one early. You may not look to free agency for a corner. You may just say, "John Jones, Jalen Mills, once again on the boundary, and then Marcus inside." Is that where you think they could go if they bring Jones back, or you know, what's their what's their answer?
1: I think they know they need to get bigger at corner. Yeah. So there's probably not a guarantee of where he's going to play, um, and some of it depends on how they see how they view Jack Jones right now as well, coming off right. that suspension. If if Jack Jones in the doghouse. Well, then you have, you know, you can maybe finagle Jonathan Jones in his boundary corner. If not, they got to add a big corner that's on top of Jalen Mills and on top of Jack Jones. Um, so there's your three-man rotation. You're probably looking at Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones as your two slot corner. So uh, I guess it it's an interesting question because the Patriots, John, bringing back Jonathan Jones feels like a luxury need to me. The Patriots need a corner, but they need a certain kind of corner. Jonathan Jones isn't that kind of corner. And I really think they only have one spot in terms of playing time to fill. So I I just don't know how they fit him into the picture unless they're totally out on Jack Jones or Jalen Mills is more of a cut candidate than we realize. I just don't see how he fits. It's not a knock on him as a player, but you've got to build a team as well. And, they can't come back under six feet tall at corner across the board again. They just can't do it.
0: Yeah, I was. And I, uh, I, and
1: I think they know they can't do that.
0: I was I, I was writing up some uh, a top 10 free agents, uh, top 10 free agent targets for the Patriots today for com. First, that'll be posted tomorrow. So make sure you check that out uh, on com tomorrow. But in doing some research and figuring out some, some targets, the Patriots have two cornerbacks over six feet tall. Do you know who they are? Two corners
1: over six feet tall. Yeah, it's Jalen Mills and Sean Wade.
0: It's uh, actually Jalen Mills is six feet, so according oh, to their okay. roster, and so over six feet, it's uh, it's Sean Wade and it's Jawan Williams. So well, Jawan
1: Williams a free agent.
0: Does it does he clear uh, on Wednesday, or is he still on a?
1: I don't. I don't. Believe his contract told. I can let me actually double check that. But, okay. Um, uh, well,
0: regardless, they need the size. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's, the, it's of the story. Yeah. The if you're stands.
1: banking on Sean Wade and Juwan Williams, not necessarily in a great spot.
0: Exactly. The point stands even if, yeah, at, at that point, they have one over six feet and it's Sean Wade. So, uh, regardless, they need the size there. So, I don't know if John Jones Jalen Mills really
1: six long. foot. I don't know why. I thought he was six one.
0: Uh, according to patriots.com, uh, he right. is six. Foot, no, so, I, I, uh, I I'll, I'll, I'll roll with that. Helps my argument. so Yeah, so that's where we are at with uh, with the cornerback position. So John Jones not being tagged. He's going to test the market.
1: So Juwan Williams, it looks like, is a restricted free agent. I would imagine okay. they're just going to let him walk. I don't think they're going to uh, bother tendering him. Yeah, I would think so
0: too. Um, yeah. So that's the Patriots news today. I guess a, a smaller piece of Patriots news. Our friend uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey was yep. uh, was signed by the Denver Broncos today. LJ, I saw you tweet it. The uh, wide receiver slash tight end who played with the Patriots for a few games at the beginning of this season. Um, he signed with the Denver Broncos, who he played with Sean Payton in New Orleans, which sort of is the connection I feel like there. Um, I know you had said when we did our preseason shows, when we were doing roster projections, that you always thought, and I did too, but that uh, after what he showed in this preseason, Lil Jordan Humphrey belongs on an NFL roster. So its uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was good to see him uh, land somewhere.
1: Yeah, and I I think it really shows that teams do believe in him because teams signing this, uh, players signing this week is super rare because free agency is about to start. You know, teams are getting all their ducks in, in, in a row. You want to have everything available to you. Not that LJ Humphrey's this massive cap hit, but he is, it is money. He is a roster spot. And uh, you just normally don't see guys sign. It, there's a reason all these guys have gotten cut the last couple of weeks. None of them have signed anywhere because teams want to see what the full picture is going to look like when free agency opens. They don't want to make any commitments before they have to. So uh, not again, not that Humphrey's a big commitment, but it does sort of show that he is thought of um, he's respected. He, he's at right. least respected by uh, at least I guess the Denver Broncos. But if they're signing him this early, I, I would guess they feel like they had competition. So I'd say other teams as well.
0: Or are they getting ready to trade one of Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy? Uh, look, I know that... I mean, it'd be nice. I, I was going to say, I know that uh, little Jordan Humphrey doesn't exactly fill in your wide receiver two need if you do trade one of those guys. But uh, it was reported yesterday that Cortland Sutton was uh, also could be on the block. So I don't know if that means less of uh, Jerry Judy being on the market. But w- any, any thoughts on Cortland Sutton coming here on the trade market? If you get your, you know, your boundary guy in Sutton seems a little redundant compared to Demonte Parker, but yeah, they don't, uh, need and Sutton. then you draft for slot. Yeah.
1: I'm just going to enable my, my own narrative here. Okay. I wonder if the Broncos aren't getting enough. Uh, people aren't offering enough for Jerry Judy. So they're trying to tell other teams. All right, well then we'll just trade the other guy. If you're not going to give us enough for one guy, we'll trade the other guy. Uh, and it's a negotiating play. I, I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, but I <laughs> choose to pump my own narrative. So I'm going to do it.
0: Fair point. Um, Let's get to uh, the big news of the day, Alex, uh, across the NFL. Yeah. Patriots related, maybe, uh, but it's Lamar Jackson. Uh, the biggest story of the day, the Baltimore Ravens put the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. That tag is worth $32 million for one season. Uh, but what does non-exclusive mean, Alex? It means that uh, he is still able, and, uh, able to negotiate with other teams um, and sign a long-term deal. So if he does and they sign an offer sheet, let's say, you know what? We'll use the Patriots as the example. If the Patriots were to go out and uh, sign an offer sheet to Lamar Jackson for a long-term deal, Baltimore would have the ability to match said contract. If they match it, they have Lamar long-term Patriots are out. If they don't match it, the Patriots get Lamar on said long-term deal. And they also have to send two first round picks to Baltimore. So, Uh, Feels like a a smart business decision by Baltimore. The interesting thing I've found out uh, or figured out in this whole thing, and it's kind of trickled out over the last two hours since Lamar was tagged, is that a lot of teams are reportedly not interested in going after Lamar Jackson. According to several reports across the NFL world, the Falcons, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Raiders. Uh, it's all come out that they are not interested in signing Lamar or to negotiate with Lamar. thought that was kind of strange, but what do you make of it? It seems odd.
1: Yeah, uh, so I'll categorize, categorize, recategorize two of those. Those two picks, right, that the Ravens would get if the other team uh, were to sign Lamar sure. and they don't want to match. That's 2023 and 2024, so this year and next year. Teams that don't have a first-round pick this year, Cannot negotiate with Lamar Jackson because they wouldn't okay. have now they could, in theory, so that takes
0: Miami out of it,
1: right? Now, and I believe, um, there was one other team you said there was it the Raiders? I think, uh, do the Raiders a first round pick? Yeah, I don't Raiders. think they do.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, they had the seventh pick.
1: Oh, duh. Okay. Um, now Miami could, in theory, go trade for a first round pick. And then they would be back in that conversation. Um, That's a
0: lot of doings, but
1: it is. Uh, But you know, if any, there's a couple other teams too, that don't have first, but if one of these teams wanted to, a team could maybe all you're getting. And I say all you're giving up, but like all you're giving up is a first round pick, but the other team has a chance to get Lamar Jackson. So if a team really wants Lamar, that doesn't have a first round pick um, and I'm, I'm trying to let me pull up who that is because this is where I'm really interested from the Patriots point of view. And and we can talk about the Patriots and Lamar directly in a second, but the teams without a first round pick this year are the, uh, dolphins, the Browns who don't need a quarterback, the Broncos who don't, the Rams who like sneaky kind of might and the Niners who might right. So if you're the Patriots... would be insane. Let's say the Niners are the... I don't know that you do it with the Dolphins because you're not going to help Lamar land in the division, but let's say you find out the Niners want Lamar. They need a first. Can you get them to overpay for that 14th pick to enable themselves to get in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes? So that's kind of putting a lot of different pieces together, but it is a thought I had. As for um, Lamar to the Patriots, I... I don't want to say it's uncharacteristic for them because nothing's truly uncharacteristic for them. But I think the important thing to remember is not only does Lamar want to get paid, he wants a fully guaranteed contract. He wants more than Deshaun Watson got. And that's probably fair. Lamar Jackson sure. is a league MVP. Um, he doesn't have the legal baggage that Deshaun Watson had at the time he signed that contract that Deshaun Watson still has really. So that's, I understand why Lamar is asking for that. Um, right now. I don't know that he's going to get it. One, I I don't think owners want to normalize fully guaranteed contracts, whether that's right or wrong. Uh, we could debate that. I think NFL contracts should be fully guaranteed. It's the case in all the other sports, which all have a lot lower injury rate, but obviously it's not something owners want. Um, that's also going to come with a significant, significant cap hit. And if you're the Patriots, you're now burning the heavy majority of your cap room. You're probably going to have to move some players to make it happen. You're giving up two first round picks. This is it. This is the team you're putting around Lamar Jackson. You're not really going to have a chance to add to it. So, you know, the teams to me that should be in for Lamar, San Francisco, Miami, if they had the picks, if I'm the Jets, I am booking it out of that California meeting with Aaron Rodgers and going to talk <laughs> yeah, to we'll Lamar to Jackson that. and the Ravens, right? And right. we will get to that. But um, I just think it, it makes a lot more sense for those teams that truly feel like they're a quarterback away, whereas the Patriots feel like they're an off-season away from being a quarterback away if Mac Jones doesn't pan out. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in on it, but I don't know that they'll go to the lengths that other teams might go to to negotiate for Lamar. I also don't know that this would be Lamar's top choice. Just he might go to a place that uh, he's going to have more talent around him. I I don't know that New England's the top choice without paying him the most money, and I don't know that they're in a position to do that. So it'll be interesting to see who kind of steps up, right? We're getting all these reports of who's out. I don't think we've gotten uh, a report of who's in, but
0: it's going to be interesting to see who the players are. I want to get to a team that's out that should be in, and it's the Vegas Raiders, Alex. Um, This is my – my original fit was the Falcons. I thought that they were clearly going to be in the running for Lamar. Um, It it felt like a natural fit, and they have the second most cap space in the NFL. Um, But the Vegas Raiders are a team that just got rid of Derek Carr. They weren't happy with him at quarterback. They have the seventh pick, so right now it feels like – they're in that market for a quarterback at seven, whether it's Will Levis, whether they trade up for Richardson, whether they trade up to number one for, uh, for a guy they like, who knows, right? But a team that has Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, just uh, franchise tag Josh Jacobs. They have Darren Waller on offense. They have a decent offensive line. They have Chandler Jones on defense. They have guys on defense, uh, Max Crosby, a-, a solid defense, and a coach in Josh McDaniels who wanted Lamar Jackson in New England. He met with uh, Lamar Jackson several times during the draft. Uh, by all accounts, he was in on Lamar Jackson. They ended up drafting Sony Michelle and Isaiah Wynn instead. Now, Josh can write his wrongs, Ziegler can write his wrong, and they can bring Lamar to uh, the Raiders. They have a first-round pick. They have a first-round pick next year. I was really surprised to see that come across the ticker, that the Raiders weren't interested, because it feels like a very natural fit Oh, wait, the his... Raiders are on the not interested list. I've yeah. seen that. Wow. Yeah, Okay. What? So that doesn't make much sense to me. Um, it feels Josh like natural... must
1: really think something's in play, and I don't That's... see what it is.
0: He can't love Will Levis this much. He. Just That's can't. why I'm confused, and I think that I think that Josh would absolutely be should and would be in on this. So I found it very strange that he was on that not interested list.
1: So I'll give you one team. I think. Uh, I I'm calling a sleeper in the sense that I don't think people are talking enough about, but I don't think is a true sleeper. And then one team that really is a true sleeper for Lamar, the Indianapolis Colts should be all over this. They also have a ton of cap space. Uh, They've got, uh, you know, new offensive minds there that can kind of set this thing up. They play indoors. So there's less worry about that. Wear and tear. You're not going to have Lamar Jackson on bad fields. Um, They, they not only do they have the picks to give up. If, the Ravens don't match. There is also a world where the Ravens match. And then basically just go back to the team that offered Lamar and said, all right, now trade for him. Right. Right. Um, and with the fourth overall pick, the Ravens would, would obviously have the ammunition to do that. Or the, the Colts would obviously have the ammunition to do that. So the the Colts make a lot of sense for me. This is like a deep sleeper, but get ready. I wonder if the Steelers would try something. Kenny Pickett isn't a guarantee. I don't know about this. Go ahead. He's not. And one of of two things happens. Either you take an MVP off of your division rival or you force your division rival to spend way too much money and hinder their ability to build a roster around them. Because I don't know that there's a number. If Lamar were to sign an offer sheet in Pittsburgh, that the Ravens could not match. That would be a terrible, terrible one. some
0: gamesmanship right there.
1: Not at this level, but the Patriots used to do this to the Bills with restricted free agents. Yep. They would offer them, like, just a little too much money where the Bills had to let good players go. Chris Hogan. Or overpay players. Chris Hogan was an example. The the Bills kind of got the last laugh on Mike Gillisley, but that's another uh, example. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. do the Steelers just sort of go in there, throw caution to the wind, and become the chaos candidate, and say, you know what, Ravens, we're going to make you do something you don't want to do, whatever that thing is. You just we are going to it. put you in uncomfortable situation. So, I don't know that they would. Like this is this I yeah. would bet on it, but the 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 chaos person in me, the one who just wants to see everything burn, it would be really interesting. If the Steelers backed up the Brinks truck for Lamar Jackson to see
0: what the Ravens would do about it. Uh, now that you say it, man, that's fascinating. I think that's like it's evil genius type stuff uh, that would be from from the uh, the Steelers, and then they could also in turn trade Kenny Pickett because a team would give up something for Kenny Pickett, right. maybe and not a first recoup- round pick again.
1: But- call a top fifty pick. You probably recoup a top fifty pick for Kenny Pickett, 100%. right? Um, I don't know what Steelers cap situation is honestly, hey, now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, I did not think that whole thing through. There's probably
0: a million reasons. It doesn't make sense. It's a fun thought, right? Yeah. The, uh, the Steelers, uh, I'm trying to do some quick cap space. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it to here. Um, but it's, it, it's,
1: I got it. Oh, they're, under, they're under the yeah, cap. They're, they're 5 million under. So they would have to do a lot so that's probably not gonna happen but again it was a fun thought while it lasted right
0: yeah uh hey you never know but it's like you said it's interesting yeah make make, Um, sign the offer sheet and make it work
1: pull this one up real quick uh it assuming it gets reported it would be public they're under no obligation to say it but normally these kind of things like yeah yeah it'll it'll be out there um whoever he signs the offer sheet with it will know
0: right um So, yeah, it'll be interesting. This is uh, it's shaping up to be a very fun offseason in the NFL, as it always is. Uh, Some more quarterback news is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has uh, reportedly spoken with the Jets, uh, is reportedly interested in joining the Jets. Woody Johnson and his team are, uh, I believe, on a flight out to L.A. as we speak. Do I have that correct?
1: I would think they're there. That report was like four
0: or five hours ago. Okay, maybe they hit it. Maybe they hit wind. I don't know, man. No, but uh, (laughs) they uh, okay, so planes work. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, but the time change. Sorry, that's not funny. And uh, but what was funny, Alex? And I don't know if those of you who are watching was that jackrabbit joke on Twitter. No, that was that was good stuff. No, I was I legitimately rolled my eyes at that. The the amount of puns that you bring out on on that bird app, you got to give me. Back to back round. I'm not anyway. a big pun guy. Also,
1: you were supposed okay. to be in timeout to start this show. I'd forgotten. Yeah, that's about.
0: fair. Well, our uh, our 10 minute, five minute delay, whatever it was, uh, was effectively our timeout. You just joined it with. That's me. fair. Okay, let's do Aaron Rodgers uh, meeting with Jets brass right now in L.A. Um, a big implication for the AFC East, Alex, if Aaron Rodgers yes. joins the New York Jets. Um, say what you will about Aaron Rodgers, his attitude uh what uh, whatever whatever it is about Aaron Rodgers a lot of people have a lot to say about him but he's a damn good quarterback and he would be and join the now i would say second best team in the AFC East he would make them much better uh it would put the patriots fourth in the AFC East depending on what you think about Miami so uh a lot of implications with that Aaron Rodgers deal with the patriots
1: yeah, I, I don't love a pissed off Aaron Rodgers in New York. Now he I don't think yeah. they're gonna win a Super Bowl because he's gonna choke in the playoffs like he always does, but that guy's gonna be on a mission during the regular season, and that is a team that feels a quarterback away. Yeah. So um now we'd have to see what they'll have to give up to get him. Right. It certainly feels like it's trending that way. Now I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is a weird guy. So I'm not going to like I think some people look at this and say, Oh, well, the Jets brass are all going to New York, so it's a done deal. He may be doing these one at a time. Like, I'm surprised he hasn't talked to the Raiders yet. I-, I wonder if he goes through the same rigmarole with the Raiders. He still could retire. Adam Schefter said 30 minutes ago on ESPN, retirement's still definitely an option. Mm-hmm. I would love the narrative of him talking to the Jets and then deciding to retire. That would be yeah, outstanding. Yeah. Um, and this is the last chance for the Jets. If it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be Carson Wentz. So, Jimmy, we do you- wait. you? Same thing. We wait no, on this one. No, yeah. No, yeah. No way you get
0: away with that. No way. Nope. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo what's, is what's better the difference? than Carson Wentz.
1: What's the difference? They both get hurt uh, a lot. They both turn the ball over a lot. Neither one wins anything.
0: W's, baby. Jimmy's a better winner than Carson Wentz.
1: Carson Wentz has gotten to as many Super Bowls as Jimmy Garoppolo, essentially. Carson Wentz and the W isn't for win. I, I really don't think there's much of a difference between the two, but Fine. um yeah, this is, this, this is make or break for the jets, I think. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this you, plays
0: out. You input him into that offense with Hackett. Again, you have Garrett Wilson, you have Eli Moore, who will likely um, stick around. I would say there was some beef with them. You bring Brees Hall back off the ACL. You, uh, again, with, with Hackett there and what solid does with the defense. I think that, uh, that team could contend and that team could potentially win the AFC East. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know you're an yeah. anti bills guy too, but yeah, that would, uh, that'd be interesting. I feel like that's going to end up likely being the case is that he's going to come to the AFC East. He's going to come to the jets and it's actually hilarious because it's exact. He's turning into Brett Favre right in front of our faces. Yes. If he goes Packers, retire, unretire, don't know what I want. Goes to the jets. Vikings next, makes the playoffs, loses Vikings next. Yeah. Kirk Cousins
1: contracts up in like two years. Right. So times out timelines there. Yeah.
0: That's, that's an interesting one. Uh, It's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. People don't like my puns, Alex. They say that that Carson Wentz joke should not have been, should have been timeout as well. But I mean, you should get a
1: timeout for that take,
0: but Jimmy Garoppolo is better than than Carson Wentz.
1: He's really not. He's the same. I don't think that he's worse. I, I, Carson Wentz I
0: might not be on a roster next year.
1: Either way, either way, you're going to be down to your backup quarterback by week eight. Okay, that's now that's a fair take. That's so. What does it matter? I've always said this about Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think I've never really had to say it about Carson Wentz because I never get this deep into Carson Wentz. But I think you can say the same thing about him too. Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo is only as good as his backup quarterback because at the end of the day, that's the guy you're going to have late in the year. I think you say the same thing about Carson Wentz. Maybe the trick is sign both of them and you can get a 16, 17 game season between the two of them
0: combined. Maybe now that might cooking. be the trick.
1: Is Who would you, you want the, in the playoffs?
0: Who would you want in the postseason? Would you start or finish with Jimmy or Wentz? Oh no, you like alternate
1: them by drive so they get plenty of rest <laughs> in between each time they're out oh, on the field. Okay. You know, you let them stay. Neither one plays too much. So it's not a play one until they
0: get hurt situation.
1: It's like, you know how teams in baseball that don't have five pitchers in the starting rotation, they'll take like two long relievers and pair them together. And like, it's just pre-scheduled. One guy's going to give you four. The other guy's going to give you the next four. And then you have the closer and they alternate who's actually the starter each week. That's basically what I would do with Jimmy Garoppolo and Carson Wentz. At that point, you're like basically
0: at a average starting quarterback. One of, uh, one of my pop Warner teams, when I was in middle school, we didn't score a touchdown. We didn't win a game. I was one of the quarterbacks. So was this other kid Shout out Liam. Uh, and we swapped every drive as quarterbacks. So yeah.
1: And you have two pop Warner quarterbacks who probably wouldn't win a game in this situation as well. It's a very (laughs) good comp. Fair point.
0: Um, all right, let's move on from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, all right. Um, speaking of the franchise tag, someone who was not franchise tagged, Alex, was Orlando Brown. Kansas yep. City uh, well, can
1: we get into one more quarterback thing? I don't know if for you had a plan, but just while we're doing the quarterbacks. Uh, Daniel Jones, right? Oh, duh. Yeah, geez. Yeah, gets, he gets signed four years, 160 92000000 yep. guaranteed. A lot of cash. We can kind of put it on the back burner for now, but if Mac has the bounce back year, that's the contract that everybody's going to look at as the standard. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it as much as most people. I think when you get down to the guaranteed money comes out to about 28 and a half million AAV guaranteed for a quarterback. I mean, it's, surp- it's I don't love I it. But it's the price of doing business. Like Daniel Jones is not That's a $40 the million right. dollar quarterback. Here's the difference. So Daniel Jones gets 40 million a year. Lamar Jackson is asking for 50 million a year, but they're not 10 million apart. Because Lamar Jackson's asking for 50 million a year guaranteed. Daniel Jones is getting less than 30 guaranteed. So right. I don't think that contract's as scary as it looks. I don't love it, but I don't think that contract's as scary as it looks. But that's the number to keep in mind going forward if Mac Jones has the bounce back year and it gets to the point where they're going to sign him to a long term extension.
0: Yeah, they did what they had to do, kind of like I think Seattle did what they had to do with the Geno Smith deal. I don't think Seattle had to do
1: that. They have the fifth pick. They could have drafted Anthony Richardson. So
0: I tweeted that actually last night too. I felt like maybe they thought sign Geno and pick a guy like Richardson or wherever at five. I think that's what they're going to end up doing. But uh, point being, it's sort of just that's where the market is for quarterbacks. And it's tough. Like what else are the Giants going to do? If they don't lock up Daniel Jones. Yeah, you franchise him, but then it's just, it gets larger and larger year after year. Remember Kirk Cousins, when he was in Washington, was getting franchised year after year and it just exponentially goes. And finally it's like, okay, we need to let you, you know, walk off into the sunset and uh, whatever he's doing out there now in Minnesota. Point being, they did what they had to with Jones. I don't love it for them, but there wasn't really any other option. I didn't think, um... But going into Geno, you're actually right there. And uh, I tweeted it last night that it just felt like a lot of money for Geno Smith, who was actually Daniel Jones' backup uh, a few seasons ago and is now a 30-and-change million-dollar quarterback. Uh, what did you think of that? Do you think they're going to go quarterback at five?
1: I, I don't think so now. I did it at first, but three okay. a three-year deal, there's real money on that. I, I No, I don't think they're going quarterback. I
0: think they push yeah. that into next year's class. Yeah, I don't love that for them. I, I Look, G, what Geno Smith did this year for Seattle was awesome, right? They they kicked well, Russell I, Wilson I in, the, like, in I, the face. Like I thought it yeah. was super cool, but at the end of the day, I don't think he's worth that amount of money. He had a one-off. He's good. He was the comeback player of the year. It was a great story. I just wouldn't have given him that much money.
1: I wouldn't have paid him. I think they got this gift having the fifth overall pick. I I would have used that on a quarterback and let Geno Smith walk. Um, But it's a strong class next year, and I I guess they're just betting on that. You know, maybe they take somebody later on. Maybe they're in the market for a guy like Jaron Hall or Max Duggan or or Jake Hayner. But uh, I I don't think you don't pay a quarterback that much money for three years and then take another quarterback in the first round. Yeah, I'm
0: with you. Um, Okay, a guy that was not tagged. Uh, you got on quarterbacks? Should we hit Derek Carr while, yeah, we're, yeah, at, yeah. while we're at no, it? No, right. no, not we Derek good. Carr. Oh, you're good? You don't want it? You don't want Derek I Carr? I mean,
1: the Derek Carr thing, I mean, it's the same thing we said about Aaron Rodgers. How many
0: more chances do the Jets have left? Yeah, good point. Um, well, Derek Carr is a Saint now. Uh, should be interesting. I think he was with Dennis Allen in, uh, in with the Raiders for a few years, uh, whether he was the D coordinator or whatever. Maybe not. I could be making that up. But Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint, so congrats to him. Let's go with Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown, Kansas City Chiefs left tackle. Was not tagged, Alex, so he is going to hit the open market. Uh, it sounds like Ian Rappaport said yesterday that he could still come to an extension with the Chiefs, so maybe they'll work some magic, but he is going to uh, hes going to hit the market. He's the best left tackle on the market. He's one of the best left tackles in football. The Patriots desperately, desperately need offensive line help, whether it's at left tackle, whether that's right tackle. They need help somewhere, some way. Um, Orlando Brown's going to command a lot of money. Would he be worth it for them? Uh, I want to get your thoughts, and then I want to give you a, a, a this or that scenario. So hit it with that first.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it puts Dewan Jones more in play for the Patriots, right? Because you can sign Orlando Brown to play left tackle and then draft Dewan Jones to play right tackle. I I still think they're going to go right tackle in free agency just because that's where the depth is. The money's probably going to be a little less. But it Orlando Brown being out there, so like there was no elite left tackle on the market right and i don't think donovan smith's exactly at that level so that to me might drive up the price of the right tackles because now they're getting paid as the top tackles on the market now that there's a left tackle that's going to get paid i actually think it might make some of those right tackles cheaper yeah. because teams are going to look at the orlando brown contract and say here's what he got you know that's you know we're capping it at, you know $3 million, $4 million a year under that. You go and look at what the average split is between left and right tackle contracts. So I think either way this helps the Patriots, but I, I don't think, as much as I'd like for them to sign Brown, I think it's probably more, uh, as much as I'd like for them to sign Brown and draft Juan Jones,
0: I, I think it still trends more towards them signing a right tackle. So uh, let's play Would You Rather then. Would You Rather. Yep. And we can include salary cap implications and signings and all that I'd rather
1: that. Orlando Brown and Dewan Jones than Mike McGlinchy and
0: Broder Jones Alex you're reading my prep sheet in front of me
1: I've you only I mean we've <laughs> yeah. only discussed that question how many times on the show in the last yeah, but month now we have, it, right yeah but now now he's uh now, now it's real that's
0: fair yeah now it's real yeah I'd ask you again see if you change your mind so uh,
1: okay I would rather that but I think they would rather get the premium position, the left tackle, cheap yeah. in the draft. And when I say cheap, I mean financially. It's going to cost the 14th pick. right? But I think they would rather get the left tackle in the draft and sign the right tackle.
0: Okay. Um, so that's that. Orlando Brown officially on the market. I would put him at number one.
1: So I, I do think we need to be careful with that because um, the report is him and the Chiefs still want to hammer out a okay. long-term deal. He could still sign before the start of free agency. That would not surprise me. So we um, got about so a week. So you're right. Right, it is maybe a little premature on some of this stuff.
0: Fair. Um, I will be careful with my words because he is technically not on the market until next Wednesday at 4 p.m. They can legally tamper two days prior. The, the my favorite word ever, legal. Tamper. I know legal tampering. Yes, oxymoron of all oxymorons is the legal tampering period in the NFL. Um, we're going to cover all of that next week. We're going to have uh, a great week of shows with. Uh, uh, coming up with all that yep. good stuff. So uh, that's where Orlando Brown is at. There were also six players in total franchise tagged. Uh, it was Lamar Jackson who we talked about. Three running backs were tagged in Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard. Uh, tight end Evan Ingram with the Jags was tagged, and uh, defensive tackle are Payne for the Commanders was tagged as well. Yep. Thoughts on the running backs. I saw um, our good friend Evan Lazar tweet today uh, about the running backs being tagged, and it made a lot of sense where – Maybe teams, you know, we've talked about, and I've said it a million times, you shouldn't pay running backs. Don't give running backs a second contract. Pump them out fifth, uh, fourth, fifth, third round, whatever the case may be. Bring them in. Just turn it into a, a machine, a running back machine. Don't sign those guys to another deal. Um, Evan made a good point where it's like, okay, sign them to the franchise tag. You pay them less money than you would on a long-term deal. You still have a great running back, and then you cut bait after one season if it doesn't go well. Uh, so three teams went that route with Saquon, Jacobs, and Pollard. But uh, what did you make of those? I feel like the Giants made out like bandits bringing their two guys back.
1: Yeah, I, I you know that tag so low at ten million dollars, right, ten million bucks, and you don't have to commit long term. I, I I think that's the thing that's scary about paying running backs. And I know that's your like big take, right? Never give a running back a second contract. And I'm not right. necessarily big on paying running backs long term, but it's it's more the term than anything else. Yeah. You can kind of see when guys drop off, but going year to year with backs is not a bad idea. So I think this is a new trend you're going to see in the NFL where teams just try to keep backs around and, um, you know, essentially put a fifth year on some of those contracts. Uh, it's, it, it's not uncommon. This is why, again, the Patriots will use this strategy. You need a right tackle and a left tackle. Well, it makes more sense to sign the right tackle and draft the left tackle because left tackle is more expensive. So you still end up with two premium players, but you pay less financially overall. You need a corner and a safety. Well, you sign the safety and you draft the corner because you still end up with two premium players. And I'm talking about draft high. You still end up with two premium players, but you pay a little less. And I think the idea with the running back now, with that tag being so low is, again, if you tag the running back, it just it, it, it frees up assets elsewhere, and you don't have to deal with that that long term uh, contract 100%. at a very
0: injury prone position. Well, that's why I, I I bring it up with the Giants because they were able to they signed the right player to the extension. Right, if you were if you're going between Saquon and uh, Daniel Jones, I bring up Josh Jacobs in the Lamar argument for basically the same reason. Josh Jacobs was the best running back in football last season and now you have him for one extra season for 10 million bucks you have uh it gives you freedom elsewhere on the roster you're in a pretty much win now scenario and you go get Lamar Jackson you pay him you still have the best running back in football from a season ago on one year for 10 million bucks so it's it's definitely smart smart business by those guys in tagging these premier running backs um as much as you can and then going from there so uh, I like the move. Same with Tony Pollard in Dallas because you don't know where Zeke is ever. Um, and Tony Pollard is a damn good running back. So he was worth the franchise tag as well. Uh, one more NFL storyline I want to get to with tags before we open it up for a Q&A and questions. And that's Evan Engram getting the tag um, because Calvin Ridley was also reinstated by the NFL uh, yesterday. So Trevor Lawrence now has Travis Etienne, um, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram to work with uh, on his offense, along with himself, who he was a, a top ten quarterback in football last season that won their last five games. So Jacksonville uh, building a little bit of a dare I say wagon on offense uh, around Trevor Lawrence. What, what did you make of a Calvin Ridley, but B Evan Ingram being tagged? They they sort of have uh, some dudes down there on offense in Duval.
1: Yeah, I. I I'm a little surprised they tagged Evan Ingram just because okay. I think this is a really good draft for tight ends, right? You can get somebody yeah, that's cheap. A good point. I, I, I think ultimately they want to extend him. Clearly, Trevor Lawrence likes working with him. I don't think like like that tells me that they're getting close to an extension and they wanted to make sure he didn't hit the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna guess something long-term comes out of that one. Yeah. but yeah, they're um they're they're building something down there. I mean, that's kind of what the blueprint is. That's what you want it to be. I'll add um one other storyline too. I want to throw in. Yeah, There was a report today, and, and uh, let me just pull up the name here. Um, it was Cardinals reporter Mike Jarecki, who said the Cardinals do have frameworks in place for potential deals involving DeAndre Hopkins. They're looking for a second-round pick plus, he says, a conditional pick or player. I, I don't really know what that means. Um, I To me, that means a second-round pick and then a pick swap on day three, um, and that any deal probably won't happen until after the start of free agency. Mm-hmm. So a little more clarity on that DeAndre Hopkins situation where we're at on that timeline.
0: Yeah, um, it sounds like, yeah, like you said, it won't be – it doesn't seem very as, – as imminent as we thought last week when it came out that uh, there had been talks with Hopkins and that um, – well, I guess Rappaport sort of said it would be. Uh, Rappaport said this week, and so now this is sort of pushing it a week. Um, so it sounds like it's going to be sort of once the league w- once the league year opens, things are really going to start going on the DeAndre Hopkins front.
1: My guess would be with something like that, and this is just a guess. Yeah, is the Cardinals know they probably can't get as much as they want for Hopkins right now, mm-hmm. so they're going to wait and see if a team gets desperate if a team thought they were getting another wide receiver and they don't land them and suddenly they come back to the table with a little bit more to offer.
0: yeah, um, Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, the Patriots reported uh, in on that conversation. So we'll see where that takes us. Um, but that could also, that could help with the, potential uh why am i drawing a blank Jacoby myers market depending on what they want to do with that whole room he's going to hit the market hopkins may be traded so we'll see how that all plays out again a fascinating week in the nfl coming up so uh we got about 20 minutes left here so let's let's uh do a little q a so if you guys have any questions drop drop them in the chat and we will get to as many as possible uh over the next 20 minutes or so here we can seamlessly go right
1: into this uh how much will deandre hopkins cost the number I've been using is like 55 million dollars over three years where that's okay. heavily guaranteed in the first two that's 18 million dollars a year would you rather have Jacoby Myers for 15
0: or DeAndre Hopkins for 18 uh DeAndre Hopkins all day every single day yep. of the week
1: yeah I, I feel the same way so that's just a guess but um right. I'm gonna guess somewhere in that in that range I his cap hit is as somebody asked his cap hits three million it is right now
0: got to restructure.
1: He he said he wants a new deal, so his cap hit is 30 million, but he's only due about 12 million dollars in cash. So he can renegotiate where he ends up getting more money, but the team ends up paying less against the cap. So it's a win-win. Um so he's going right. to he's don't look at that Cardinals contract when you're thinking about a, a trade because he's not going to play wherever he gets traded. That's not going to be the contract. That's going to get ripped up. Uh, and there's going to be a new deal. All right. Uh, realistic scale, one to 10 Lamar to new England. What are the odds?
0: Uh, one and a half. I was going to say, yeah, two, maybe I I don't see it. All right. Um, this is an interesting one. We haven't really talked about this. Any interest in Odell Beckham? He's on my list, Alex. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm sort of spoiling the list here, but I'll give out Odell. Uh, he is on my list. I'm, I'm posting it tomorrow. Top 10 free agent targets for the Patriots. Uh, heading into tampering, Odell didn't play all season with the ACL, uh, but that also means he might be healthy. He is 30. He's turning 31 in November. Uh, he's had that, you know, up and down career back and forth. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes he throws tantrums. Sometimes he gets in fights with the kicking net, uh, but sometimes he scores touchdowns in Super Bowls. So you kind of get what you get with Odell Beckham. I think the last time we saw him play football, he was really good with the LA Rams before he tore his ACL. So uh, I don't think he's cooked or washed like some people may think. So depending on the money and the situation and whether it's a prove-it deal or not, I wouldn't hate the Patriots going in on Odell. That was a year
1: ago. Over yeah, I know, but he's also... He's been on the field. How old is he at this point? uh He's 30. Yeah, that's generally a drop-off for wide receivers. They can't – look, if they go out and get Hawkins or Judy and then they add Odell to that, I'm kidding. interested. <laughs> I don't think Odell can be the splash guy. It... It's not that Odell's not proven, but it's been a long time since we've seen him prove it, and a lot has happened since then. Mm-hmm. That's where I worry because if you spend a lot of money on him and his knee injury is bad – that's a you're going all the way back to square one. So I just don't love the risk. There's risk with any player, but I just, the risk with Beckham is a little too high for me. Let another team be the one to take that risk. Yeah. Um. Keeping on wide receivers. Would we rather trade a second rounder for Jerry Judy or Deandre Hopkins? Give me Jerry Judy.
0: I was going to say the same, the same pick pick 46. I would assume so. Yeah. Um.
1: Younger. It's Judy younger, more upside, better fit schematically for the offense has experience with Mac Jones, Jerry, Judy,
0: the age is what does it for me. Um, if it's going to be, you know, Judy or Hopkins, I think 23 compared to 30 is massive. Um, and uh, the fit, it, yeah the fit makes sense. But I mean, if they bring in Hopkins, they're going to fill the slot, that slot role elsewhere. If they bring in Judy, they're going to fit the outside elsewhere. So it's apples and oranges on that front. But the fact that it's 23 years old in Judy versus 30 at Hopkins, give me Judy all day. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, what else we got for questions here? Keep coming. Alan Robinson. Uh mm. no. I, I I don't two yeah. down years. So it says two down years and might get on a cheaper deal as our boundary receiver. He's had two down years. He might just be down. That's Devontae Parker. Right. They have Parker. They have Thornton who needs to play on the boundary. I don't think you solely base um an evaluation on production. But when the production is so jarringly low, and it's now been two seasons in a row, I could not be further out on Alan Robinson. And I'll add this too, because I've seen these two guys get get uh, bunched together. I'm out on Robbie Anderson, and I, I've been a big okay. Robbie Anderson guy in the past. Now I could see them making a move for Robbie Anderson because they like him. I don't think right. he'd be the splash move, but I could see them giving him the Eric Decker contract. Hey, come into camp. Let's see what's left. Um, But. Alan Robinson, Robbie Anderson, that, you know, hey, if it was 2018, this would be great. No, no, I would yeah. not be further out on those. Whole lot of no. I I, I
0: would agree. Uh, Robbie Anderson is uh, an interesting one. Sorry, I'm trying to look for Not really. Um, not really. Interesting enough where... He's an the, interesting guy. He's an interesting guy. Chosen Anderson. Chosen, chosen Anderson. chosen Anderson. I just interesting... can't
1: get over, like, he. first of all... Him just dissing Sam Darnold the way he does is outstanding.
0: I love have it. You, have you seen the video of him in Carolina when uh, he's sitting on the bench with somebody and the Panther Here's is that. walking yes. through and he's like, what's that bear doing? And he calls the Panther a, a bear. You call That's... him sir
1: per top yeah. five mic'd up moment of all time. Yeah. I also love when they enjoyed practices last year. He did a press conference and yes. like there's a podium and he comes to the podium and the, like the mic's right there like this. I was right there. And he just kind of gets there. And then he just seemed wildly confused that people were there asking him questions.
0: Yeah. Like, I I don't know what he
1: thought was going to happen, but he was so uh, blown away by the fact that people had questions for him at a press conference. He's an enigma. He is uh, unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love his personality, electric personality. Uh, I'll watch him on TV. I don't need to see him in New
0: England. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Fascinating guy though. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this one. Uh, With the strength of the draft likely coming in rounds two, three, and four, do you see the Patriots trading out of round one completely? I would say no, not completely, but I could see them trading back into the first round. Uh, The only way they do that... So we're so used to them picking in the 20s where you trade
1: out of the first round and that's that, right? You get a second and a third for the first and you move on. It doesn't work that way at 14. You trade all the way out of the first at 14, you're getting future firsts. Yeah. So... If one of those quarterbacks falls, I could see Bill looking at it and saying, oh, I can get two first round picks next year. Uh-huh. Yeah. But outside of that, like I think trading back in the first is certainly a possibility. I don't see them trading out of the first. Uh it, it's going to take one of the quarterbacks falling and then an absolute haul.
0: Yeah. The uh the trading of the first round picks uh in that f- like 12 to 20 range, like you said, you getting a- you get one in return. It feels like the teams that do it. Generally, end up winning out. Um, it happened with and and we talked about it last week. But why are the Eagles drafting in the top ten? Who did they trade? That with? was a little different. That that
1: was a little different because the picks were closer. Uh, what was it though? What with trade the Saints? It? With the Saints?
0: Yeah, so but that's that's the thing though. It's still like they end up with a top ten pick when they traded out the year before. Um, th- there's a couple other examples. I can't think. I, was that Marcus Davenport or is that different? I don't. know. it they, was. Um... The tr- the Saints traded way up for Marcus Davenport and gave yeah. someone else a first round pick. No, because it ago. wasn't it made during the
1: draft. Way. That trade wasn't made during the draft. It was made a few weeks before. Okay,
0: that's um, interesting. But uh, anyway, yeah. p- point being, the Patriots they they could get a a first round pick back and it it could uh, it couldn't end up helping them out. Um, right. Let's do this too. Talking tackle talk. Would you consider trading up for Paris Johnson? Big difference between him and uh, Scaronso Jones. What do you think?
1: I don't think there's a big difference between Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones schematically or stylistically. I think there's a difference, but either one's going to be able to play here. Like I'm, yeah. if they walk away with either of those guys, I'm really happy. I honestly, in terms of the evaluation, they're different players. It's hard to say which one's better than the other outright. Some are better at certain things than others, but I think it all sort of nets out. Skoronsky's obviously a bit of a wild card with, with, with the arm length, but, um, I would trade up for one of the two if they feel like they might lose both, if they can move up a spot yeah. or two. Um, the Jets in front of them might need a tackle, right? You jump the Jets to the Texans at 12. Right. But I I don't know that I'm giving up a ton of assets to draft Paris Johnson if Broderick Jones is going to fall. I, I don't
0: think you need to do that that's that's definitely my train of thought is yeah i think you can wait at 14 and still get one of those two guys if the board falls differently then maybe trade up and go get one of them if that's where you want to go with your first round pick but uh otherwise i don't think they necessarily have to you know trade up and do that
1: yeah um let's see here
0: what else do we got uh receiver talk I think this is supposed to say love, but I'd love yeah. Keenan Allen. not going to lie. What do you think of Keenan Allen? I know Tom Telesco said that yeah, I do not he's trading him. Uh, I don't but, think they are.
1: So you don't even want to get into it. I don't think he's available. I Look, right. he'd be yeah. a nice addition, but I don't think he's available. You're going to have to give up an insane amount to, to And he's get on him. the older side
0: too. Yeah. He's similar to Hopkins. Uh,
1: here we go. Likelihood, the Patriots draft Darnell Washington, 1-10. Like hmm. three or four. I, they're going to love how deep this tight end class is. They're going to make you wait for a tight end. I think they, they are.
0: They're not going to take him at 14. Nope. And he's not going to get to 46, in my right. opinion. So that's, if he gets of, to
1: 46, I think there's a real chance they consider but I don't think
0: 100%. I, I would agree. But that's the only way. And I don't think it's yeah. going to happen. So and my I, number is the two and a half.
1: And, and I just think like, again, I, I look further down this class and we know they met with Tucker Craft today or they met with Tucker Craft at the combine that came out mm-hmm. today. Um, We've talked a lot about these depth tight ends. Uh, You go from Sam LaPorta late on day two er, to um, Tucker Craft, Cameron Latu, Luke Schoonmaker early on day three. Obviously, Zach Kuntz. Everybody knows how I feel about him at this point. (laughs) Um, I I just don't think they're going to draft a tight end that
0: way. Yeah, you're
1: right. Uh, How about which Alabama player are the Patriots most likely to draft? I still think it's Cameron Latu, the tight end.
0: Really? Yeah. He, like, didn't have much production in college at all. I just Well, wonder... he's a converted defensive end. Oh, so that, that kind of puts the alarm bells on for the Patriots. A, a positional versatility. <laughs>
1: and I think the idea that he's a recent position change, hints that there's maybe more upside than the average player. It's yeah. generally how it's gone in the past. So okay. I, I still think it's a lot, too. Uh, Maybe
0: Brian Branch at 14. I like,
1: Brian Branch is up there. He'd probably be the second. I, I just... Yeah. I. Brian Branch is the most Patriots-like player coming out from Alabama. I'm just so convinced they're going tackle at 14.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Maybe Jameer Gibbs. Read my mock draft. CLNS Media from the other day. Uh, Jameer Gibbs. I don't know. Maybe not. He's not going to go at 14, but uh, I I love Jameer Gibbs. I love the idea of it. What position should the Patriots double
1: dip at in the draft other than tackle? uh, Corner. Corner. I guess we can say offensive line. Honestly, tackle. Mm-hmm. go they need depth. other Who than
0: tackle th- read the question oh, other
1: than tackle <laughs> um because i was gonna say offensive line corner uh linebacker they don't need double dip wide receiver they, they don't, don't shot they did know they, they have too many we, we're not burying yeah, guys know. again this year mike yeah you're right corner linebacker and honestly just because there's so much talent double dip a tight end whatever yeah
0: um Maybe, yeah, the double debit tight end. That's a fair point. I want to, sorry, bring up this question. Uh, It's interesting, and it uh, came out of a report, actually, from uh, the Combine. Zach Cox had it. Are the Patriots done with their coaching staff? Wide receivers coach is the question. Uh, I forget what receiver. I saw a tweet from Zach that uh, someone said that Ross Douglas was going to be the Patriots' wide receivers coach. I don't know if it was miscommunication. I don't know if... uh, Yeah. But... It, it sounded like he didn't mention Trent Brown or, he, or Troy Brown. He just mentioned Ross Douglas. So,
1: so what happened was Tyler Scott, who's a, a receiver from Cincinnati. He was recruited to Rutgers where Ross Douglas was a coach. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, yeah, you know, did you talk to the Patriots said, yeah, Ross Douglas recruited me. He's the wide receivers coach. He hit me up. Okay. My guess is, he was the assistant wide receivers coach last year. My guess is Ross, uh, uh Tyler Scott just missed the word assistant. Yeah, that would be fair, my guess.
0: Fair point. As far as um, the rest
1: of the staff, I would still love to see them at a quarterbacks, an assistant quarterbacks coach. I'd still love to see them at a Bo Hardegree. degree. I think everybody knows how I feel about
0: that. Yeah,
1: but besides that, I think they're more or less done. Yeah, the offensive staff is all set. What we
0: got? Although, O'Brien, O'Brien, Sanceri. I know that your guy Adrian Clem hasn't technically been announced yet. So I
1: was going to say they still have to make him and the other guy, uh, Lying, the tight Will ends Lying. coach. Yeah, Will Long Will isn't official yet either, so they still got to make those two official. But
0: yeah. Um, but who's the uh, Sunseries at the running back? So they, they're pretty much filled out besides, uh, like you said, a potential uh, potential assistant quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's 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 wrap it up with a few more. Um, draft Jake Paul. Um, <laughs> do they draft? Uh, okay, you got one?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, Eric Gray, Deuce Von Moe, Ibrahim. I was actually on uh, Murph's podcast this morning when Patriots Place we were talking about this. Um, I like Eric Gray the best of that group. Okay. Uh, I also wouldn't sleep on Travis Dye. I, yeah. I think the three best, you know, outside of the top 50 guys, the three best James White rollbacks in this class are Eric Gray, Deuce Vaughn, and Travis Dye. Um, I like Eric Gray the best. I just worry with Deuce Vaughn. Look, he's shown he can block in college at 5'5", five, five, and I think he's a very good blocker for his size. But when some of these edge rushers come around the end, it's not gonna matter because yeah, he's five five. So I do worry about that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree, but I, I he reminds me of that um you know the, the dan the Danny Woodhead role, the well Darren's Lewis role. Darren's pools, yeah, I guess so those right, are but, two different roles. Danny Woodhead's bigger than people realize too, I would say that. Yeah, I guess so. But um he could add value as a pass catcher, but you're right. It's tough at 5'5". Five, five. Like, uh, what can you bring to the table? What can you truly bring? So, uh, I'd table say Mo Ibrahim. Guys. Mo Ibrahim. I, li- I like him. I- yeah, I like he's him just alive. kind of a different kind In of Soto. back. Like, Yeah, I agree. He's
1: he's shown he wants to be a pass catcher. Maybe he can do it, but he's a guy you're, you're handing the ball off to out of eye set yeah, or out of single uh, back. So, Right. Um,
0: uh, Julius love-
1: Brents or Eli Ricks at 46? Julius
0: Brents all day. All day. Julius friends. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Size is size is huge. I think that's yeah, massive. Um, right, want to close on, it I, out with this? Or, no, you got one. We'll see yeah, this. okay.
1: So we can answer this: If Mac doesn't perform in year three, um, the Patriots don't pick up his fifth-year option. They draft a quarterback in the first round next year. That guy competes with Mac for the job next year. Either wins it outright or gets a redshirt year. They let Mac walk, and then that guy becomes the quarterback in twenty twenty-five. Okay. That's what. That's happens.
0: pretty. That's pretty easy. I uh, I don't disagree. I guess it would depend on where that lack of performance puts them in the draft, and depending where they want to go from quarterback from there. But yeah, he hasn't. As much as we stick up for Mac, he hasn't really earned anything. So if he doesn't perform again, you really have to start kicking kicking the tires elsewhere.
1: Yeah. Um. This is an interesting one. Who's the one player you recently don't want the Patriots to draft at fourteen? I'm gonna give you two. Okay. One is Jalen Carter, because I've been asked enough if Jalen Carter falls to 14, should the Patriots take him? No. The legal stuff, as it stands right now, yeah. the legal stuff is way too uncertain. You can't risk that. And if it does get resolved, he's not falling to 14. If mm-hmm. it falls to 14, that means there's a red flag there, like a major red flag. is all a red flag enough. Right. I would not touch Jalen Carter at 14. Okay. I wouldn't touch him. I don't know that draft him to all in this draft. Certainly not in top 100. As things stand right now, we'll see what happens with the legal stuff later on.
0: Perfect. My uh, real well, answer. Okay, okay.
1: No, what were you going to say?
0: No, I was going to give my answer, but I thought you were done. So my off.
1: real answer though, I just kind of use this as an excuse to give that take.
0: <laughs> my real
1: answer is Michael Mayer. Okay. I have zero interest in them taking Michael Mayer at 14 for two reasons. One, and I've said this before. Michael Mayer is a heavily primarily in-line tight end. He lines up hand in the dirt next to the tackle. The biggest issue for this Patriots offense right now is teams just pack the box against them. All they can do is run. Teams pack the box against them, and they can't do anything outside the numbers. Michael Mayer doesn't change that. Teams are still going to stack the box against him. He doesn't really change the coverage plan at all as a linebacker. He's taking a safety up to him it's not going to change a lot offensively in 2023. Maybe he has the upside later on to be a difference maker. They don't have the luxury of waiting for later on. They wasted last year. This is now like you have to win this year. You have to be competitive this year. You can't wait for a guy to get going. Right. That's one reason. The other reason is this tight end class is too deep. You can get a guy who might be a first round caliber tight end on day three. you don't need, if you want a playmaker at tight end, you can get Darnell Washington at 46. You can get Tucker Craft or Sam Laporte at 76. You can get uh, Zach Koontz at whatever it is 104, 107. 100, I forget 100. what their first, second round pick is, right? They don't need to take a tight end that high to get the tight end they want. I, I have zero interest in Michael Mayer at 14.
0: I, I don't disagree. Um, and people aren't going to like my answer. But my answer is Peter Skoronsky. The arm length scares me a little bit. I know it's really, really, really reading into the measurements and uh, the combine, and, you know, sometimes people don't like that because it, it feels like a meat market out there. But, look, if you bring in that another guy yet again who is a questionable tackle versus guard, who if he doesn't perform well at tackle, maybe they slide him into guard, or, or maybe they bench him, or maybe he moves sides. Someone who's not definitive in their role, I don't want that again for the Patriots. They need someone who they can plug and play and not have any any question marks around on the offensive line. Skaronsky's arm length makes me think there's going to be a bit of a question mark, and I just don't like that. I've seen enough of that with Isaiah Wynn. I've seen enough of it with uh, Trent Brown. So, look, I know Skaronsky's really, really good. I want to avoid it. That's my that's my answer at 14. It's
1: fair enough. Look, it comes yeah. it, it comes down. So here's the one thing I wonder. He he said during the week that teams didn't ask him about kicking inside. Right now, that he might be lying. He he might not want it <laughs> out there. That that he might not want teams even considering it. But let's take that at face value for a second. The teams and also they didn't know about his arm length at that time. But let's take that at face value. Teams knowing his arms might be a question. Don't consider him a guard because he's so technically skilled. There's only been two tackles, at least in the last 10 years. The research took too long. I wasn't going beyond that. But only two tackles in the last 10 years uh, with arms shorter than, than the 33 inches have gone in the first round. One of them, by the way, is Caleb McGarry, who we're going to talk about the Patriots maybe signing. The other is Justin Pugh, who I, I believe did become a guard later on in his career. There it is. So well, but so here's my question. If teams don't see Skoronsky as a guard and still see him as a tackle, but he has arms under 33 inches. Does he fall to the second round? And if that's the case, is he in play at 46? That's different. Because I think that changes the conversation a lot. 100%. I don't, I, it, it's, it's a thought experiment. I don't know how realistic that is, but I, I do wonder, all right, so he's a tackle. Let's just look at him as a tackle. Let's put the guard thing aside. Let's look at him as a tackle with 32 inch arms. History tells us a guy that skilled with those measurements goes in the second round.
0: Yeah. Is that a possibility? Is that a rhetorical question? I don't think it's a possibility. I mean, you can answer it if you want. It's a rhetorical question. Yeah. I I feel like a team will take him earlier than 46, but does New England then trade up if he falls towards the 30s? I mean, who knows? Let me ask you this.
1: Let's say he falls. Let's say he, he doesn't go on Thursday. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Doesn't go and on we obviously
0: a... didn't take a tackle at fourteen,
1: right? And the Patriots knew he wasn't going to. They take one of the corners. Okay. Do you Christian Barmore trade up on day two and take him? And, and uh, then how yeah. do you feel about him being the tackle
0: at that point? It's a value thing, and uh, yeah, if you still got a guy at fourteen, you didn't waste or not waste. You didn't spend fourteen on Skoronsky You can trade up a little bit uh, yeah. and get him at value. I, 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 that's a lot different than taking him at fourteen. So I wouldn't hate that as much.
1: And this is, this is a fair point somebody brings up in the chat. He still goes before 46 a guard. Yeah, he does become the best guard in this draft if he's right. seen as a guard. This thought experiment is – Tackle. The, the, the point of this thought experiment is what if teams don't consider him a guard? Right. What if they just consider him a tackle with short arms? That And, again, it's kind of a uh, – it's a thought experiment. It's not based in reality because teams are going to consider him as a guard. But – this is what we do this time of year. We yeah. we come up with all these different scenarios and kind of uh, pontificate yeah. on how they would play out.
0: Pontificate. That's uh. A... That's I
1: think that's the word. Who right? says
0: that? Someone said that with the Patriots. Pontif. Uh, Matt Slater says that word all the time. Yeah.
1: I was gonna say I, I like my instinct to say we're gonna play out how they play out, but I don't want to say play yeah. that you know twice a sentence. So.
0: Uh. Shall yeah. Shall we close with this one, Alex? Sure. Mock draft. Uh, ah question Thursday Thursday evening we will be doing our second post combine Patriots mock draft Uh, so tune in we will keep you all posted on Twitter Uh, you'll be able to check it out here on Patriots press pass Um, but yes end of this week is our second mock draft uh, so that's going to take place on Thursday Um, yeah so yeah that's that's our announcement Um, I don't think we have any other real closing questions here so uh, that is going to do it I think we're good yeah uh, (laughs) You said you want to eat Celtics
1: already made me wait enough last
0: night. So you want to eat dinner, Alex, go do it at HelloFresh. Use those meals. HelloFresh.com slash CLNS60. Use the code CLNS60 for your 60% off plus free shipping. Uh, It's dinner time. They make it super easy, quick 10 minute cook. uh, Give you all the ingredients super fast, super quick. It's the best way to do it for all your busy lifestyles. So go to HelloFresh.com slash CLNS60. Use that code CLNS60 for 60% off plus free shipping. For Alex Barth, I am Mike Cadlick. That'll do it for Patriots Beat. Again, we'll be back Thursday for our second mock draft of the offseason. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth and at Mike Cadlick. You can read our stuff on our respective sites at 985thesportshub.com for him, at clnsmedia.com for myself. Uh, Again, thank you all for watching. We appreciate all the interaction.